Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
by uh, by any way to lose anyone and where are we trying to head here? So don't worry. If you cannot swim uh, in the deep water, uh, I will throw you out a lifeline. So so therefore, let not your heart uh, be troubled. Uh, I'm not going to be before you long here. Uh, this is just a one-hour show, and uh, we're talking about profound insight, uh, talking about what it means uh, to be uh, born, uh, what it means when Paul, when uh, Ecclesiastes, I'm sorry, when Solomon said, uh, a time to be born and a time to die. We're going to look at the profound insight from Solomon himself. Now, the author of the book of Ecclesiastes is, again, King Solomon. King Solomon is the author of the book of Ecclesiastes, who ruled over the United Kingdom 40 years. Solomon ruled, he ruled over the United Kingdom, Israel, 40 years. He is known as the wisest man who ever lived. And he wrote a significant portion of the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, Solomon's song, uh, the three the songs of Solomon, uh, has been recognized by the Jews as a part of their sacred writing. The Jews read song, Solomon's song at Passover, calling it the Holy of Holies. And and yet behind those writings stood a flawed man, a man who uh, who was conflicted between deep wisdom and tragic folly. King Solomon wasn't a perfect man. He wasn't a perfect person. The king who warned against uh, people against many sins found himself not following his own advice at times, and wound up uh, leading Israel to idolatry, ultimately destroying or dividing the kingdom, rather. Dividing the kingdom. But beyond all of that, this flawed man, this imperfect man, King Solomon, before that, he tells us a lot here in the book of Ecclesiastes, being inspired by the Holy Spirit, he gives us a lot of profound insight into a time, a season, and purpose for everything under the sun. Now, my approach, my approach is to take Solomon, take what he wrote at face value and interpreted it in the normal, grammatical, literal sense. There's no warrant here for anything mystical outside the normal understanding and reading of Scripture here. So I'm, I'm not going to superimpose on the Word of God. I'm not going to bring my own private interpretation. No, I am going to allow the word of God to speak for itself. I'm going to allow Solomon wrote at face value to be interpreted in the light of Scripture. You know, for 
too many times we approach the Bible as though we're looking through a big crystal ball. This big, giant crystal ball. You don't have to do that when it comes to the Word of God. The Word, the word of God is pure and just and righteous. There's nothing deceitful about the Word of God. There's nothing hidden about the Word of God. Stay here. Um, there's no cause for that. There's no warrant for anything mystical outside of what has been uh, written here, the original meaning of the text, what the author meant to say when he wrote it. Now, look there at verse 1 again. Let's look there at verse 1. What he says here is practical, it's profound, and what he says here is true. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we're at verse 1, and he says, and I need you to follow me on this. Solomon says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Did you get that? Is that what it reads in your Bible? He didn't say to some things there, there, there is a season. No. He didn't say to a few things there is a season. No, he says there is a time and purpose for everything under the sun. You know, we did not arrive here by accident. You did not arrive here by accident. You were not born by accident. See, around you have ultimate purpose for existence. There is a season and a time and purpose for everything under the heavens, meaning above the sun and under the sun. Seasons here, he said, there is a season. Season mean, meaning, that simply means God has set the course. Season means God has charted the course of the universe. The universe is just, the universe is not just spinning around on its own orbit. Axel here, no rhyme, uh, no form or reason, rhyme or reason here. Charted the course of the universe. It is moving at God's time, on God's timetable. He has charted the course of the universe. He has form the season. He said there is a season and a time. Time meaning a beginning of time. Because everything has a beginning. Nothing appeared on the scene by accident for no reason. You know, nothing just popped out of midair. The evolutionists would have you to believe all matter Our time and energy was con condensed together in one point of singularity, and at 2 p.m. on a Friday afternoon, bang, out come this vast universe. No. Nothing appeared on the scene by accident. You are not here by accident. I'm not here by accident. 
Everything in life has purpose for its its existence. For existence. And that season and that time and purpose have been given to us by God. It's been given to you by God. The purpose giver. So Solomon is saying to you and I, he, he is saying to us that man can have no self-determined purpose. He can have no independence. He has no free will. He has no self-intended purpose for existing outside of that which has already been given to him by God since the beginning of time and space. There is a time and purpose to everything under the sun, under the heavens. Because you cannot have any purpose without God. No one can have any purpose without God. Because the concept of having a purpose come meaningless if no ultimate purpose giver exists. God exists, therefore, I can say. God exists, therefore, I can truly say that I have purpose in life for existence. There's, there's a time and a season and a purpose for everything under the heavens here. You see, if you believe you exist with no purpose in life, you just exist for no other reason outside of existence, of existing. My friend, you have just eliminated the God of the Bible. Because you have no way to understand anything about our spiritual existence. If we cannot know our purpose, then we cannot be certain of our destiny. And don't buy into the philosophy that says to you, everything is entirely without meaning, without logic, without reason. Don't buy into the philosophy that tells you that the universe itself is incoherent and irrational. Nothing could be further from the truth. The universe is coherent. It is rational. Everything has meaning. Everything has logic. Everything has a reason and a purpose. Every building has a builder. Every building has a builder. Every structure has an architect. Every arrangement has a plan. Every plan has a designer. Every design has a purpose, a design purpose, given you are one of those who believe in the Big Bang Theory called evolution. Solomon is informing you that nothing came into existence by a process of random chance. No. Evolution in any form can happen 
and never will happen. Let me say that again. Let me say it to you again. Evolution in any form can happen, my friend, and it never will happen. So is because, is because chance cannot make anything happen. Chance has no power to make anything happen because chance itself is nothing. It simply does not exist, and therefore it has no power to do anything. It cannot be the cause of any effect. You want me to tell you what chance really is in reality? <laughs> it is an imaginary chance is in an in an imaginary hocus pocus. It's make believe, folks. <laughs> Evolution is not a proven theory. It's make believe. Solomon says here. So immediately Solomon rules out such idiotic. He rules out the idiotic see here about chance having the power to do something, and he says, no, to everything there is a purpose. There is a season. There is a time to every purpose having God as its author. You do remember Genesis 1 and 1. Look there in your Bible at Genesis 1 and 1. Remember what Genesis, the first verse of the Bible, tells us coming out the gate. In Genesis 1 and 1, it says, in the beginning, in the beginning what? In the beginning, that's time. God, God who? God what? God created. God meaning, that's force, created meaning, that's action. Created has to do with God taking action. Created the heaven, that's space, and the earth, that's matter. That's matter. Either you believe God created the heavens and the earth, in six, 24-hour solar days, in six days, or you believe he did not. And if he did not, he does not exist at all. Nothing has any purpose. Nothing makes any sense if God is not the creator. If it does not have God as its author, nothing makes any sense. It wouldn't make any sense to God, and it wouldn't make any sense to you, and it wouldn't make any sense to me. Solomon is saying the universe and everything in it was created by a loving and personal God, and his purposes are clearly revealed to us in Scripture. The conclusion of the matter is that in him... We live, move, and have our being. There's a time, there's a season to every purpose, everything under the heaven. 
Look there at verse 2. Uh, let's, let's move a little farther here. Look there at verse 2, Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Look there at verse 2. Solomon goes on to say, and this is a devastating blow to his critics. This is really a devastating blow, blow here to the critics of his day. Solomon said in verse 2, not only is there a time and a purpose and a season to everything, but there is a time to be born and a time to die. A time to be born and a time to die. These two go together. There are two sides. They are two sides of the same coin. A time to born. In other words, man is born to die. Simply put, you are not going to live forever here in this physical body, in your physicality, in your uh, biological body. There is everyone, everyone who is born into the world, everyone born into this world is born to die. Job said in Job chapter 14, and listen, Job said, man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Did you get that? A man that is born of a woman is a few days, a few days and full of trouble. And why is this so? Because all men are born into the world with a sin with a sinful nature. With a sin nature. All men are born into the world with a sin nature, hate the truth, hate Jesus Christ, dwell in darkness, have a heart of stone, are helpless, cannot repent, are slaves of Satan, cannot see or comprehend divine truth, and is in and is in love with self and sin. Man is in love with self and sin. The world loves their own. There is no fear of God before their eyes. There is none that do it. There is none that do it good. No, not one. But it's the very cause. Man is born to die, and for this cause, it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this. The judgment. Out the death, my friend, come the judgment. Let me be clear on that. I want to be very clear on that to let you know that it is appointed once un- it, it is it is it is appointed unto men once to die. But after death comes the judgment. There's no waiting period. There's no soul sleep. Nobody is going to fall asleep for the next thousand years and wake up in Jesus' presence, in God's presence. No, there is no waiting period. There is no slow, no soul sleep. There is no annihilation of the soul. You're not going out of existence once you die. Huh. They can place you in front of a fine squad. 
You can be cremated. They can burn your bones to your body to to ashes. You are going to continue to exist in your personal soul to face judgment. Because there is no annihilation of the soul once a person dies. There is no reincarnation. You are not returning back into this life and some other life form. Don't believe what people who want to believe in reincarnation will have you to believe to believe that they're going to die and come back in some other form, animal life or a plant life or human life. No, you're not coming back as a butterfly. You're not coming back as a plant. You're not coming back as a dinosaur or whatever the case. You're not coming back into this life. You're not returning back into this life in some other life form. Can you own to exist? To face the judgment. Again, it is appointed unto men once to die. You die once, my friend. You only die once. After this, the judgment. Now, I have some good news for you. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ alone to save you, I have some good news for those who are in Christ, whose life is hid in Christ. For the believer, for a true Christian who died, the Bible says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Those who have faith in Jesus Christ, those who are Christ, for you, my friend, death for a child of God is only just a promotion to happiness. <laughs> That's right. Death for a believer is a promotion to happiness, to blessedness. Jesus said to his disciples, given to him by the Father. Jesus said, if you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. Jesus said to his own, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. You see, there is rest for the people of God. There is rest for the child of God. Our life is hid in Christ. To be absent from this body for a Christian, again, to be annihilated. It's not to be cremated. It's not to go out of existence, but it's to be present with the Lord. Absent from the body, present with Christ. When we die as believers in Jesus Christ, we go to be, we go directly into the very presence of Jesus Christ. For where I am, Jesus said, there you may be also. 
Cast not away your confidence in Christ Jesus, which has great recompense of reward. But you have need of patience, a Christian in this life, you have need of patience after that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. We're going to receive the promise. And that promise for those who are in Christ Jesus is a promotion to happiness, a promotion to blessedness, a promotion, a time to be born, and a time to die. Every person born into this world, if Christ delay his coming, would die a physical death. Now, Solomon says, a time to be born, a time to die. There is someone else who was born to die. Man was born to die. But not only was man born to die, hey, let me tell you, my friend, there is someone else who was born to die, who dwelt among us, and we, de- we declare his glory as the only begotten of the Father. There is someone else, too, who was born to die who came unto his own, and his own received him not, who came to do the will of the Father. There is someone else that you should know about, that the world should know about, that man should know about, who was born to die. And that person, my friend, is Jesus Christ. Jesus was born to die. He came to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus' death on the cross did not catch him by surprise. When they crucified Christ, that was not a mishap. It was not a mistake. That was not by accident. Jesus descended from heaven in full awareness full awareness of what the Father had in store for him. Unlike Isaac, you remember Abraham, Isaac? Abraham, God told Abraham to go sacrifice Isaac, his son, the only son, Isaac on the ark. Huh? Unlike Isaac, who ascended the mountains along with his father Abraham, Unaware he was to be sacrificed That was not the case with Jesus He knew he was entering the world To be the final and ultimate uh, ultimate sacrifice for sin Jesus knew prior to his incarnation Prior to the virgin birth His body had been divinely prepared by God Specifically for that purpose Jesus was going to die for the sins of the world, and he knew it. He said, I come to do the will of the Father. 
And what was the will of the Father? This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all who believe in me were not perish, were not die. The Son of Man came to give his life as a ransom for many. You know, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5 and 7, you can look at it if you like. Uh, you can take my word for it. Jesus was willing to do it. He was willing to die. Listen to what listen to the words of Jesus Christ. Listen to what the Hebrew author writes in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5 in Sutta. Pardon. Verse 5 carnation on earth. Jesus already knew there was a price to be paid for our sins. He already knew that someone had to die and only Jesus could do it. Listen to this farewell message Jesus gave just prior to his incarnation, just prior to being born of a woman, just prior to being made a little lower than the angel for the suffering, uh, the suffering of death, just prior to entering this world. Listen to what the author says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5 and 7. He says, when he, come, when he comes into the world, speaking of Jesus, he says, this is Jesus speaking, to the virgin birth, before he was born in the manger. Jesus speaking, he says, sacrifice and offering you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. Jesus speaking. And whole burnt offering, he says, and sacrifices for sin, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, again, Jesus speaking. Then I said, this is Jesus speaking to God the Father, God the Holy Spirit. This is God the Son, the second person of the Godhead bodily. This is Jesus speaking here. Then I said, Jesus speaking, there, this is before he entered the world, before the word became flesh, and again, and dwelt among us. Jesus said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. <laughs> I have come to do your will. What a, what a remarkable look at the heart of of the Savior before his birth. This immediately tells us, this immediately uh, tells us the main reason for his coming, that is, Jesus was born to die. He came to die. He did not come in, he did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life. Once again, a ransom for many. He came to seek and save those who were really lost. Jesus came to seek and save those who were truly lost. Now, this is very important. This is very important because when it comes to why Jesus came into a dying world, you and I to be wrong on this. We cannot get the gospel. We must get the gospel right on this. Because if you have a different Jesus, other than the Jesus of the Bible, you have a different gospel that cannot save. The purpose, listen to me, 
Listen to this. The purpose of Christ coming into the world to save sinners was to eliminate the guilt, to eliminate the penalty, to eliminate God's wrath due against the sinner. Christ rendered himself a perfect and complete satisfaction to God. Christ gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age. He died that he might reconcile them, Jews and Gentiles, both to God in one body through the cross. That's the purpose of Christ's coming. Purpose of his coming, to eliminate the guilt, eliminate the penalty, eliminate God's wrath due against the sinner. You see, Jesus did not come to save the Jews only. No. He, he just didn't come to save the Jews only. Remember, he came into his own, and his own received him not. Speaking of the Jews, some of them rejected him. Not all. Many believed on him. But Jesus did not come to save the Jews only. No. He accomplished reconciliation justification, and peace with God for both Jews and Gentiles alike. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us, the Apostle Paul said, the word of reconciliation. God was in Jesus Christ, reconciling sinners, the world, back to himself. He was also the propitiation for our sins, not just for the sins of the Jews only. He were, Jesus was the propitiation for our sins, both Jews and Gentiles. Let me, let me explain that. I, I don't want to get too philosophical. The word propitiation is a word which means God's wrath against the sinner is appeased and removed. That's all it means. Expiliation, E-X-P-I-A-T-I-O-N, expiliation means that the gift of sin is removed. Jesus carried our body in, um, pardon me, Jesus carried our sins in his body outside the gate on the cross. Isaiah 53, he says in verse 4, Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrow. The Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on Jesus Christ. You see, the penalty for our sins wasn't waived. It wasn't a waiver. Penalty for our sins were, was poured out on Jesus Christ as he willingly took our place. His body was broken, and his blood was shed on our behalf, the just for the unjust as a perfect substitution. As a perfect substitution. You see, you are going to have to do something with your guilt. You're going to have to do something with the guilt of sin, with the penalty. You're going to have to do something with your guilt, with your sorrow that sins bring. Sin brings sorrow. Rationalists exhaust a nation. Sin is reproach to any people. What are you doing with your guilt? 
you're going to have to do something with your gift. Either you place it upon Christ and trust in what Jesus done alone to save you, or you can carry that burden, that gift, yourself while it crushes you under. You see, Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lonely and meek and lonely in heart, Jesus said. I am approachable. I can be approached. I can be touched by your often often infirmities. In me, Jesus said, you shall find rest for your soul. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to harm you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You can cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for us. And Isaiah said, surely he bore our grief and carried our sorrow. But it just doesn't stop right here, uh, right there for Isaiah. Uh, he bore our grief and carried our sorrow, but it just doesn't stop right there for Isaiah. He goes on to say that also Jesus, who was born to die, he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. You say, what does all that mean? What does that mean? What do you mean he was wounded for our transgression? He was bruised for our iniquity. What do you mean, sir? Well, I tell you what it means. He was wounded for our transgression. Means that those soft little hands of baby Jesus that you see, Fashioned by the Holy Spirit in, Mar- in Mary's womb, were also made so that nails might be driving, might be driven through them for us one day. He was bruised for our iniquity, iniquities, meaning those unable to walk, would one day stagger up a dusty hill called Calvary to be nailed to an old rugged cross on our behalf. And I, as, and Isaiah said, through all of that, he said, hey, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. <laughs> Meaning that sweet infant lying, uh, that, that sweet infant head, Jesus, lying there in the manger with sparkling eyes, eager mouth, was formed so that someday men may force a crown of thorns Unto his head. And Isaiah says, and by his stripes we are healed. By his and by his stripes we are healed. Jesus took our place. He paid the full redemption price for our sins. Listen, you want to know what that means? And by his stripes we are healed. You want to know what that means? It means that that tender body, warm and soft, Jesus wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying there in the manger. It means that one day that body would be ripped open by a spear and out comes blood and water. That, that's exactly what it meant. That's exactly what it means. Father, 
Father prepare a body for me, Jesus said. I will go. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gave his life for the sheep. I will save them from the guilt and the penalty of sin by my sacrificial death. They are drowning in their own blood, Jesus said. I will shed my blood because it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats take away sin. Jesus said, I come, O God, to do thy will. I was born to die, Jesus said. Huh? I was, this is the reason why I came. Huh? You need to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author of our faith. He's the author and finisher of our faith. You need to fix your eyes on Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He shall see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. Jesus did not die in vain. He did not die in vain. God the Father raised Christ from the dead. He came at the right time and the right place. When the fullness of time have come, God sent his God sent forth his son, his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that, would, so that we might receive the adoption of sons. Catch us next time here on the Black Conservative Show. You can catch us again here on the Black Conservative Show. That is the message for today. Profound truth, born to die. When the fullness of time have come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that, he, so that we might receive, once again, so that we may receive the adoption as sons. And because you are a son, God has sent forth the Spirit of his son into your heart. That's the inspiration message for today. That is our biblical perspective, word of God for today. Message alone to someone you know. Somebody you know, pass it along to someone. Let someone else know what you heard today pertaining to the word of God. That they too may receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to make one wise unto salvation. God bless you. I will see you next time here on the Black Conservative Show, giving you the hard facts, the actual facts, drawn from the best possible source. All right, tomorrow marks President Trump's 100th day in office. For some, it feels more like a year. For others, the blink of an eye. Here is President Trump's first 100 days in 360 seconds. Donald John Trump do solemnly swear that the Washington Monument was packed. This was the largest audience to ever witness an inauguration, period. Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts. I think sometimes we can disagree with the facts. Three to five million people voting illegally? I, and I think we'll, we, I, we'll see where we go from here. We are going to get the bad ones out. President of Mexico canceling his planned visit to the United States. It's, it's banning Muslims. No, 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 no. We 
put these seven countries initially into the executive order. The Justice Department would not defend the new Trump Muslim ban. Donald Trump tonight has fired the interim attorney general. We had a Monday night massacre. Sally Yates would not defend the Trump administration's travel ban. Nominating Judge Neil Gorsuch. We are officially putting Iran on notice. The new president attacked the Australian prime minister. Judge Robart's decision puts a halt to President Trump's executive order. This is soapy water and I'm washing that filthy lion's mouth. You get a lot of killers while you think our country's so innocent. Where you can choose your plan. And you know what the plan is. This is the plan. Go buy Ivanka's stuff is what I was telling you. That the powers of the president will not be questioned. Donald Trump and Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe holding a meeting with their aides in the outdoor restaurant. National Security Advisor Michael Flynn handed in his resignation. There is not an illegal issue, but rather a trust issue. I think we're going to make a deal. That's the With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.